Alrighty, g'day, g'day, and welcome back to the Bradley J Driver Experience. It is your host, Bradley Driver, and I'm pumped we're here. It's a face-to-face, sitting here across from a guest in Sydney, Australia. It's a beautiful day, and I'm feeling super blessed to be doing this, as always. Today's guest, actually, in my past career, featured quite heavily on my Instagram and YouTube feed. He's the number one real estate coach in Australasia. He's the founder of the Real Estate Gym and the co-founder of ARIC, which is the Australian Real Estate Conference. So from your home, your car, or wherever you are, ladies and gentlemen, give a very warm welcome to Mr. Tom Penos. How are you, Tom? Thank you so much, Bradley. I'm very good. Great, Re- great really good you. to be here. Thank you for inviting me into your beautiful home. It's really exciting to sit across from you. It's almost, for me, a little blast from a more recent past where, like I said, you were somebody that I consume the content of every day to level up and upskill in my job. And now we're sitting across here, shooting the shit about life, real estate, sharing a little bit about how you got to where you are, the adversity you face and overcome. <clears throat> and I really want to touch on that to begin with, that topic of adversity. And I believe that the adversity we face in life, the decisions that we make, really pave the path that we take and the direction we head in, and ultimately that end destination. I know that you've faced some real adversity in life, and that's one of the reasons I reached out to you and probably connected with you from the beginning. Um, talk to me about that, those moments of adversity you face and how it shaped your character. Well, I think, Bradley, the issue is that um, when, when you're going through the adversity, when, when you're in the shit, right, um, and you know, you're supposed to have a belief if you've been brought up and you listen to positive material and content it says listen you know um it's 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 good for you there's something that's good that's going to come out of it the truth is when you're in the shit you can't think of that right you can't think of it you think it's shit you just say it's shit i don't want to be here but what actually happens is when you fast forward time ahead years months decades that's when you look and say you know what it was a gift that was badly wrapped because you actually look at what actually happened after that. See, you can't see what's going to happen after that when you're in the shit. But what happens, Bradley, is the person that walks into the storm and the person that walks out of the storm is a different person. That's the point of the storm. But when you're going through it, you don't realize it. The gift for me, Bradley, is that if you go through shit a few times, what happens is you've got a layer of learning from the first bit of suffering that says, Definitely. hey, listen, yeah, hey, you know, and you've gone through it yourself and you know that what happens is that you come out more resilient, more empathetic. And you are more equipped for the next punch that's going to come along, Mm. right? And the truth is, at the moment, I'm not being punched. This is a great season for me, right? Um, I mean, good. good to hear. It's a great great season. I mean, having said that today, ironically, today is is my brother's birthday. My brother brother died... Couple of years ago, he was my he was a close he was my closest person in my life. He was I, like when people say I love him like a brother, he was my my best friend was my brother. And the irony of it mm. all is that you know I've I've been able to survive cancer three times, but the thing that hit me for a six the most 
is the, the death of George. He would have been 43 today. So um, the point I would say is that I've slowly learnt that suffering is in fact the path. You, you know, know, I, I want to, one of the things, <coughs> excuse me, one of the things that I love that you said just there was it's a gift that's badly wrapped. And you just touched on there that the passing of your brother being probably more significant and definitely more significant in your case than the three battles with cancer. What are the lessons that you learn from that as opposed to going through your own suffering? Do you feel like because you're an outsider in that moment that you see it more clearly? Mm. So the question is, the learnings you have when the suffering is 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 outside you like the, that of my brother you know yeah. what do you learn well one thing i've learned is that the pain seems to be stronger when it's on someone else you love than yourself yeah that's in my instance and maybe the reason is because when you're going through it yourself, you actually think, hang on a second, I've got through this before. Mm. And my current situation is not my ultimate destination. This is rocky roads. This is like a flight that's turbulent. But this flight ain't going to crash because the others haven't crashed. They just get yeah. rocky, right? Yeah. So you sort of, in your head, you sort of know this is shit, but it's not permanent, right? Yeah. Does it make sense? Well, yeah, it does. And... And it's funny because you just said that analogy there of that plane going through turbulence and maybe it's because on our own journey, we're the pilot. And in someone else's journey, you're just a passenger and you're helpless. I think that's a good way of describing it. I mean, I love talking in pictures because you get a concept really easy and I think that's what it is that I felt like, you know what, um, I've got some sort of control in this where I've got less control in that. And... Um, so that's one of the learnings. The other, the other learning, um, the other learning I've I've learned slowly to accept is that um, you've got to you've got to be the Teflon and Velcro intelligently. And what I mean by the Teflon and Velcro intelligently is that we often, Bradley, if you look at Velcro, it's 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 it sticks, yeah. it sticks stuff, right? And we seem to, as human beings to be very Velcro towards complaints and bad things. Like, Don't we? You, you, you think, I mean, the average, the average guy this morning has picked up a coffee in Newtown on the way to the city and is saying, man, the grind's back on, the traffic's full on, you know, yeah. they, get to, they get to work, oh, shit, another day. They don't say, that's, that's, that's the Velcro. They, they, they live a complaint-based philosophy, if you think about it. They do. People, yeah, whereas, whereas that same person could have said, man, this is amazing. Like, I drove to work and there's double yellow lines on the road, which means that, like you drive to work safely, there's no issues. Yeah. Right? You you don't think about it. that's the that's the that's the Teflon. Like good stuff, man. That no, that's fine. That's I'm entitled to that. You know, that's the way it should be, yeah. right? You don't take it. Or or the fact that you're in the car, it's thirty degrees, but man, this is incredible. I've got like, you know, podcasts on or I'm listening to Spotify, air conditioning's coming on and I can speak to my mates hands free 
you know, this is a pretty good deal, right? It is, isn't it? Yeah, you, you, you don't do... that. That's, that's, the, that's the Teflon stuff. The good stuff doesn't stick, you know? So, you know, what, you know the other thing that I've learned, this is leading to what I was about to say, is that I've slowly learned that, you know, George would have been, what, 43 today. I now think more... Mate, I got 41 years with him. Yeah. Right? I don't think to myself, I got ripped off 41 years because he should have lived to 82. Yeah. Right? I don't think that. I think to myself, I'm lucky because my mum and dad had sex on a specific day, the sperm and thing connected, yeah. and he was born, and that was a one chance in, in I don't know, they say one chance in four trillion of being conceived. Yeah. So and, and he ended up being my brother and I ended up getting 40, 41 years with, with yeah. him, right? I think that. So one of the things is you start looking at what was the good stuff in that situation. As Gary V says, if your mum got up to get that extra glass of wine, maybe you wouldn't be here. That's beautiful. I've never heard him say that. <laughs> Haven't you ever heard that one? No, that's he says good. that one quite a bit, actually. I like that. That's, but yeah. you know the thing that fascinates me about you, Tom, and I think it's what separates the doers in life? to the people who just know is the fact that you actually take these lessons that you're learning throughout your journey and you apply them. Like we're sitting here because you're a go-getter. We're sitting here because you've taken all those for all the adversity you've faced, you know, on the other side of that, you've gone and got back on with life. You found your path and you're paving your way. Why real estate? Why, why sales training? It's, you know, I can see you've got a passion there, but what built that passion? So the job's an accident. I get into it as an accident, real estate, yeah. you know. It went to uni, it wasn't happening for me. You know, I get a job, which I think was in the classified papers. And um, I just thought to myself, this is um, incredible. You put someone in your car. They didn't have open for inspections back then. You put yeah. someone in your car. You drive around, you show them two properties, they generally buy the third, you come back, there's a commission check back then of eight grand, I'm roughly going to get around, you know, um, a third to half of that. Man, I just do that, I just thought to myself, this is just um, a great formula. Um, I was I was good right from the outset in real estate. I mean, one thing that I've learned is, if you like what you're doing, you generally do more hours of it. Right, yeah. you know. So if you like what you're doing, you'll actually work longer. Now, if you work longer, you get more practice. Yeah, you get more practice, you become better at it. So you sort of start to see there is a formula for success in life. Of course, you know, pick the stuff that you like doing because it yeah. means you're going to do more of it, and because you're going to do more of it, you're going to get better at it. You're going to get a lot of practice, and then you're going to get paid big bucks. It doesn't matter whether you're teaching, you know, a bunch of guys playing backgammon in Serbia, or whether you're a real estate agent in Newtown. Yeah. <laughs> if you become the best, people want you, right? Yeah. There's a formula. Write that down. Take a note on that. You know. So that's what it is. And real estate is uh, real estate's been good to me. I have never like I've had you know challenges in some areas of my life with family with my brother with my own health and cancer you know three times but you know right from day one business and money it's i have more and i get more than i can use that's the truth you know it's i've, I've never money has been not, never something that 
um, I've, I've felt money, money to me has been um, in the abundant category, not in the scarcity category, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it's linked to... So if you look at... Bradley, if you look at wealth, like to me, when I sit down and, you know, I've got my goals in my life, they're written in good notes, six areas of my life I have, and one of those is real estate, one of those is wealth, right? So um, I find that if your business life, whether it's real estate or whether, you know, you're a lawyer or running a plumbing business, if that's going good, it means your wealth life yeah. is got a good chance of being good you know at the end of the day it's what's it's leftover not turnover so as long as you're not you know um throwing it away buying the lamborghinis and the the audis before you can correct talk to me about the real estate landscape now because you know i've been removed from it for about a year now or just shy of a year I, i officially finished up in april last year but i see the landscape changing off the back of i guess a, a changing landscape globally with the coronavirus and the pandemic and I don't really want to dive too much in the pandemic. Everyone's fucking sick of hearing about it. Yeah. But I'm intrigued by the way that you see this game changing and moving in the next five to ten years. And say for the young or even the older agent who's been in the game for a while, what are the things they need to be doing and need to be watching right now to make sure that they stay with the times and almost a little ahead of them? Yeah. So I think... What used to be the most important trait in real estate was EQ, if you could read the play, yep. right? If you could read the play. That mattered more than IQ, yep. right? Um, work Q, which is the amount of work you actually do, yep. is still high up there. But where the landscape has changed is all of a sudden TQ, your technology quotient, has surfaced. COVID clarity has created the opportunity for real estate agents that are intelligent in how they use technology to have a severe competitive advantage over other people. It's, 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 it's significant. The death of distance, um, the reality that a video conversation might be lacking some of the emotional contagion that you get from face-to-face, but not much. So Mm. I think what we're seeing is the new breed of real estate agent that is able to connect to far more people because of intelligent use of technology I know that you're a big believer in the fact that age doesn't really matter in real estate. And I think especially in today's landscape, I know there are a number of young and very successful agents. To me, as you talk about that TQ, that technology quotation, quotation, sorry, is the younger agent will obviously be more versed to technology, but maybe their age won't even matter anymore. Because you know what it's like over a video call? It's not like you're seeing this person in the flesh. It's not that, you know, when you meet someone young in the flesh, you see those younger tendencies. Yeah. Maybe that won't even be something that's realized as much these days. Yeah, I haven't thought about that, but that would definitely affect the fact that um, maybe uh, technology means that 
Um, it's levelling up and equalising age. I've always got a view, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Yeah. Right? I've got that view. That's a basic philosophy that I have. I've got certain philosophies in life where I say to myself, you know, that is a belief that I have and that means that I, I simply overcome the little voice inside of my head that would say, I'm not old enough for this. So if you're good enough, you're old enough. Um, um, the second thing I would say is that not only um, is it not a disadvantage, I would actually say if you're a younger person now, it's an advantage. It's an Definitely. advantage. Yeah. Definitely. And I've got a lot of mates who are young agents who are doing really well and it's great to see. It's great to see the younger generation break through as well and, and test the older guys and keep them fresh yes, and I keep have. them moving with the times. Talk to me about, you know, I realised that in my later years of real estate, whilst walking, and I say later years, I was in the industry for three years, I'm talking like a 30-year vet here, but you realise that the simple things and those simple tasks that you need to be doing every day are the things that work best. Are there a few principles that you have that you think apply to anyone in the real estate space, whether you are very good on the phone, whether you're very good in person, whatever your skill set is, what are those few fundamentals and those few anchors that should be a part of everyone's day in a real estate office? There's four things that a real estate agent should be doing, whether they're in Australia, USA, New Zealand, whether in they're in Cronulla or then in Cromer, they should be doing these four things. Listing, selling, putting a deal together, or prospecting. That's where the money is. They're the four things, right? They're the four things that are bringing money in. Listing, selling, deal making, prospecting. Now, one of the issues is that a lot of people get confused about what prospecting means. So um, prospecting can mean doing a podcast that yep. actually provides content, that educates the marketplace, that the marketplace then turns around and says, shit, okay, you know what? I don't need an agent now, but if I do need an agent in 2023, I've just got a brain to two of what Bradley's doing and he's providing content. He doesn't have commission breath. He's just adding value, showing more, doing more, giving more. There's no ethical bribe there. There is basically him just turning around and producing content, right? So that to me is prospecting. Um, uh, posting a photo on Instagram of you at Bondi Beach having a drink, um, is that helping me get a listing probably not so you turn around and say that's not a dollar productive activity yeah. so one of the really great questions rupert murdoch taught me this because i've worked for murdoch for 20 years is you always link back to your singular focus of what business are we in so murdoch was very, very clear that we're in the business of selling media. And yeah. he would say, would this help us sell an ad? Right. Yeah. So you're sitting on a PowerPoint presentation, typing away something, you stop, pause. Is this helping me sell an ad? So we take that same philosophy in real estate. You stop. Is what I'm doing going to help me get a listing? because that is the prime objective of a real estate agent. Wherever you are, the truth is, the prime objective is get the listing. Get it, yeah. You know, get a listing. If you get a listing, everything else comes from that. So I think 
anyone that's listening or watching this, doesn't matter what category of business that they're in, they should get really clear what is the singular objective of their business and then link back and say, whatever they're doing at any one time, link back, is this actually helping me do that? Because doing something unimportant done well does not make that thing important. Yeah. Does it make sense? That's the gospel there. That's the gospel there. I like that. Social Street is a digital media company that specializes in personal branding through social media management and marketing. They take care of everything that you need to build your personal brand, grow your audience and get the most out of your social media presence. Social Street has worked with a range of industries from real estate to personal branding to create both websites, social media branding and content creation. Get in touch with them through their Instagram page at Social Street, that's Social ST, or give Taylor a call at 0449 293 497 to book a free discovery call or get a quote. With growth comes change. Award-winning sales agent Sarah Ward has now made the move to Stone Real Estate Illawarra with her premier sales team made up of William Woods and Carly Ryman. Servicing clients across the Illawarra area, Sarah and her team pride themselves on old-fashioned customer service, ensuring that all their buyers and sellers all experience care, compassion and communication when it counts most. Sarah looks forward to helping you with your next move and can be contacted anytime on 0400-439-602. While we're on the topic of real estate, it's a great opportunity to let you know a little about my next sponsor. Greg and Sharon Flood are the owners of Inspect Wollongong. Their job is to provide you with a building and pest report, identifying the good and the bad in each property, to provide you with the necessary advice moving forward. Keen property investors themselves, Greg and Sharon love helping anyone who's keen to get into the market. It all begins with a home that will stand the test of time. So get in touch with Inspect Wollongong via the contact details in the show notes. Now when it comes to property, it's not just houses that you need to consider. If you're looking at purchasing an apartment or selling one, you may be familiar with the idea of a strata report. It's the document that outlines all the good, the bad and the ugly within the body corporate's financial plans and all the issues that need to be addressed before you put pen to paper on a contract. Coastal Strata is your go-to strata service in New South Wales. For the agents and vendors looking to stand out amongst the competition, Coastal's Vendor Strata Inspection Reports are calling your name. For all their services, head to coastalstrata.com.au or find the link in the show notes. Looking at, looking at that, and you spoke about those four things you need to be doing in real estate. They're the four essential things that really should make up your whole day. If you look at those four things, we've seen, I know in the last 10 years of real estate, the evolution of teams, the evolution of these almost super agent teams where you may have a number of people who are all doing a piece of those four jobs, or maybe they're specifically doing just one of those jobs and doing it very well. With the current change, and you said the technology age, do you see us heading in a direction where we become very specific as a marketplace for real estate agents where you have the lister, you have the seller, 
you have the deal maker and the person that prospects. And do you see that becoming probably more common than the agent that does overall? And also touch on whether you think that takes the, the, the character out of the deal. Because I know some people like to work with someone from beginning to end. Do you think that affects that? Okay, so there's two parts to that question, Bradley. So question number one is going to be answered with a, with a quote. The bigger the dream, the bigger the team. So essentially, right, if you've got big dreams and you want to transact a lot of real estate, you've got to have a big team, right? You've got to have a big team. And that's when you start having divisions of labour, which is something that um, I think Henry Ford came up with, which is basically said, if we want to get so many cars out of here, one person's got to run that machine, another person's got to do this, another person's going to paint the cars, right? It wasn't like one person does everything, right? It was you got specialised. That's when you want to do mass amount of production, when you want to do things on big scale, right? So the answer I would say is, Yes, and more specifically, when you've got big goals that you need to have divisions of labor and specialists in there. The other thing is, it takes a real special person to be what I call the leader. And Mm. the reason why is everyone else, whether you accept it or not, and this might come across a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not trying to demean any of the other people in a team. But any of the other people in the team are lacking one thing. They don't have a gun pointing to their head at the first yeah. day of the month saying, list or you won't eat. Yeah. Right? They still eat because mm. most of these people are getting paid salaries. Yeah. The head or the lead agent is the one that's got the gun pointing their head, list or you won't eat. Right? So that, that there... And the second thing is, I'll say, is the other people in the team, they're a little bit like, you know, when you go to the circus and there's a net. So when they fall, they don't really get hurt, right? Because they're still employed, you know, they've got a job. Whereas this guy here or this girl here, there's no net there, right? There's no one there. There's no one waiting. There's no Prince Charming that's going to save you there, right? You go down, right? So... um, yeah, so I think you know the first question, and I might, have, and and now I'm I'm not quite sure what this. I, I I forgot what the second part of your second question. part of the question was, with that team dynamic of say that big dream of having huge sale numbers, yeah. huge transaction numbers, a very specified list sell prospect team. Do you see that becoming a problem then with the the personal characteristics that make an an agent likable? being removed from the business? Yeah. Well, it, look, it, it can be, and it can cost you your business if you're up against a competitor that's very intelligent, that comes in, that's young. Example, I had one that was telling me uh, yesterday how he's devastated an agent that's got a big team of eight people. He's a young agent, pretty new. He just goes into his listing presentation and says, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, I've got to let you know. When you list with me, you get me. When you list with me, what actually happens is I talk to all the buyers, I talk to all the sellers. When you deal with that other agent, he's got six people there. And what actually happens is you don't know who's having a conversation with who. I'm letting you know I'm accountable for everything that I do and I'm letting you know it would be an absolute 
privileged to represent you. You talk to that other agent, he feels entitled to the business. Not only that, I'm letting you know I've got to prove myself each and every day. He doesn't. He's got 40 listings. I've got none. If I get a buyer that's got $2 million to spend, do you think I'm going to decide which of the 40 I've got to sell it to? I've got you. I'll be selling it to you. I'm working just for you. So it can be an advantage if you're a young agent, yeah. right? You've got to keep working. What are the stre- strengths and weaknesses of each model, right? That's it, isn't it? And there's strengths and weaknesses in each model. 100%. There's yeah. a, I mean, there's a strength in, in the guy that's got the 40 listings, yeah. With the big team, guess what? His conversation, if his story is very powerful, he'll say, hey, I want to let you know, we're selling a property here. Whilst we're not doing eye surgery, I've got to ask you this question. If your daughter had to go in and have eye surgery or have an operation, a medical procedure, would you be giving it to someone who's relatively new, who has never done that operation before? Yeah. Or would you be going with someone that has done this and does this a thousand times a year? Who would you go with? Right? Yeah. So there are strengths and weaknesses in everything. The real story here is you've got to craft a story that is irresistible. It's unstoppable. And a person listens to it and says, he's for me, this guy. I love that. Talk to me about, you know, we've spoken about all those principles in work, but I believe that the best agents or the best business people, athletes, whoever you are, have solid foundations and great balance in their life. They have the things that anchor their day, that put a smile on their face and allow them to go into their work and be productive and to to drive and to push for bigger and better things. Talk to me about, I know you're a big advocate for your mornings. I really want to touch on some of those anchors in your life that you feel allow you to perform and allow you to have a smile on your face while doing it. Um, Bikram yoga yep. is, is become a very important part of my life. you know. Um, and the reason why is that for me, it's pretty much a 90-minute open eye meditation. Yep. Um, I mean, you get so tired and drained by the yeah, heat. Yeah, I've done a 90-minute. You've it's... done a 90-minute. You know what it's like. Yeah. So there comes a time in a class where you no longer have any brain calories left to worry about the argument you had yeah. or the fact that you've got a whole day of work, uh, work ahead or whatever. You simply don't have the energy to participate in anything of life. And that's when you go into meditation and you pause. That's a big part of my life. Um, A second thing that helps me being grounded is I reflect every morning three questions. What was given to me? What did I give? And this one's an important one. This helps you become a better person. What actions did I participate in that may have caused suffering to the world or to other people? In fact, research has shown when you get inmates to go through these exercises, they slowly begin to realise that their behaviour caused a lot of suffering. 
I, I really, really like that. Can you repeat that that one more time? Yeah. So going through a process on a regular basis, ideally daily, where you reflect, you see. See, you see, here's the deal, Bradley, and I'm going to go through those three questions, but I want you to understand why they're important. Because in a world of Gary V, and in a world of pop psychology, we are often brought up to believe the individual. If it's got to be, it's up to me. We yeah. are often brought up to be a silo, take responsibility. So often a lot of these social media influencers have come to the understanding what you've got to do is remind people they're the problem, they're the solution. But in fact, my view is that, you know what? We're not silos. There's 8 billion people on the planet. I know 100 people that know 100 people that know 100 people that know 100 people. Get out a calculator and start multiplying it. And then you begin to realize we're like neurons connected, right? It's like one of those chemical pictures you see in you know, chemistry or physics book, right? Yeah. We're, 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 we're connected. So if you think about this, like I'm now connected to you and your viewers and your listeners are going to hear the exercise that I've just said. So yeah. I've made an impact and then they're going to tell another person. This reflection exercise teaches you that you're not a silo, that you're actually part of this ecosystem that everyone's connected. So the three questions are, they take about five minutes to do each day, and they are, what was given to me? This is a far more better way to be saying, what am I grateful for? Yeah. I, I find what am I grateful for has lost its impact with me, right? Yeah. I find that I say, what was given to me yesterday, right? What was given to me? Like, man, I've got to tell you, today I had a breakfast and the guy at the breakfast place was kind enough to give me something new that he's put on the menu, you know, which was uh, um, halloumi and a beautiful sausage. And he said, try this. What, what was given to me, right? Yeah. And you start saying, that's compassion. That's a nice thing. Yeah. And then what did I give? That's question two. Again, it's reminding you you're connected. And yeah. the third thing is, what suffering have some of my actions and behaviours caused? And that to me is the most important because it helps you live like a better person knowing that that snickering remark that you made may have caused insomnia to someone that was lying in bed that night. That, that um, stupid thing that you did um, has cost you a friendship or that, you know, the fact that I chose to go to the pub and have three schooners and watch the soccer instead of visiting my mum on a day that she's going through a lot of pain because of the death of my brother. Yeah. You know? So all of a sudden... Um, mm. You can see how your life will be better by taking those 10 minutes and reflecting. You know, there's a few things that I 
I draw back to off hearing that third question in particular. And I, I tend to study a lot of people who I feel like I can learn from. And that's part of the reason why I love social media is I get that. I get to be in a room basically with people where you may never get that chance to be face-to-face with them. And one of the guys that I'm fascinated by is Jay Shetty. He talks about this philosophy of spending half the day in service of yourself, but then half the day in service of others. And I love that. It's a really good way of thinking. I also love a Mother Teresa quote that says, not everyone has the power to change the world, but we all have the power to change the world of one person. Mm. And I think it's a beautiful way to look at the power of networking. Yes. And the ability that the words you say to one person within your circle may be said by them to two. And yeah, I, I really channel that. I, I encourage you all and challenge you all to, to get up tomorrow morning and say those three questions and ask those three questions of yourself. Because as you said before, Tom, I drove up here today, my car maps were sending me all over the shop. I got back on track with Google Maps and it was just like this five minutes of frustration. And then I sat there and I thought, hold on, I'm driving an hour to the middle of Sydney to be sat in someone's home and interview them to take some knowledge on myself, to share that with others. And I get to do this for a living. Life's pretty bloody good. Oh, mate, you, you, you explain, you explain that deal to, um, to the young girl born with AIDS in um, Ethiopia um, today, right? You explain, I mean, the truth is you and I, or most people that are watching this right now have no right to have a better life or a better run in life than that person. 100%. Right? Like, 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 like that's birth lottery stuff, right? So I think to myself that, you know, if anyone's watching this right now and they're not feeling pretty fantastic about things, um, they should actually remind themselves that, there'd be millions, millions that would swap spots with them immediately. I bloody love that. And mate, that's probably a really good way for us to end off. I know that you're super busy today. I want to let you get back to your hustle. I want to make sure though that if someone's listening to this and I know there will be plenty and they feel like they've gained a lot from today's episode, they feel like there's a lot more that they could learn from you. Where's the best place to follow your journey but also to be involved in the coaching? Tom Panos, Facebook, Insta, LinkedIn, YouTube. For those that are in real estate that want the extra focus on just real estate stuff, it's realestategym.com.au. Um, but yeah, love to connect. You know, I've got a, I've got a good audience, and uh, it's a, it's a privilege to think that you can actually be heard by other people. It's an amazing privilege. It's the privilege of this century with podcasts and with technology, that technology age that we spoke about. And I'm just pumped to know that a few people will get a little bit of your wisdom on the other end of this today. So thank you so much, Tom Penos. Thanks a lot, Bradley. Pleasure.